Good morning, UA. Oh, I love it when you guys talk to me. <laughs> so thank you for indulging me that rather wordy and lengthy passage. I actually, for this program I'm in, I had to read it every day uh, for a whole month. And I was supposed to memorize it, but uh, I did not. That's okay, though, because the, the words are in my heart. Um, so I'm really pleased that I get to wrap up the sermon series we've been doing. Ben got to start it, and it feels nice that I get to end it. Uh, and I really hope that this last month in this topic has been really helpful to you uh, on your walk with God, and I hope that it's uh, helped you see the holiness in the expected moments of life, but also, more importantly, in the unexpected places as well. Because uh, one of the things that Ben and I have been trying to get across with this sermon series is that life with God is happening right now. It's happening right now. Uh, and it may seem really, this is, it might be a silly question, but does everyone, has everyone seen The Office? I want to see heads nodding. Has everyone seen The Office? Yes, if you have not, um, I recommend it. Get a free trial of Peacock, I think, uh, and go watch it if you need some more joy in your life. Um, but there's a character that is very beloved named Andy. <laughs> and um, on the very last episode of The Office, uh, they're kind of looking back on their time together. And he says this line that I just think is so poignant. He says, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. And of course, as he's saying it, it's showing scenes of all whatever. It's like eight seasons of it. And you, the viewer, are just who has seen all of these episodes is just sitting there crying. And you're like, man, it was the good old days. And everyone is moving on now, right? But I feel like this uh, quote from this comedy series that just captured the heart of America, I feel like this is how we often will live our lives spiritually. We miss the good old days of right here and right now, and instead we grasp on to the big spiritual moments of life. Uh, we, we spiritually, we're spiritually weekend warriors Oftentimes we get our religious highs from here on Sunday morning, uh, our summer camp. I know a lot of people who have had these big God moments, as you call them, at summer camp. Um, ben had a big God moment at a conference he just went to, and that was great. Uh, hopefully uh, the LFC students had a God moment on the retreat that I helped lead. That would be really great. <laughs> or if you're like me, you've had a lot of God moments on really life-changing mission trips. Uh, many of these mission trips I've been on, you have helped me go on. You, this church, have helped me go on like four or five of them, and they were life-changing. And so I, I do hope that we, Ben and I, have made it very clear that these spiritually big God moments, whatever you want to call them, are very important. They're very important in our lives, and they're incredibly spiritually formative for us, and they shape the way that we see the world and the way that we see and think about God. And as A.W. Tozer says, the most important thing about you is what comes to mind when you think of God. So these are, these events are very important in that. But we are trying to draw your attention to what's happening right now. Because I really don't want us to get to the end of our time in these bodies and look back and worry that we missed the good old days. Worry that we missed our life with God 
right here and right now. So I hope we've been helpful in that. And so I think now we have to finally approach this question that I think that we've been dancing around the last couple of weeks. And the question is, what does it look like for us to live like every moment is holy, or at least like there's holiness available in every moment? What does it look like when we finally wake up and realize that this world is drenched in God? When we realize that we live in a God-drenched world. And this is where we will turn to this passage in Colossians 3, this passage I'm supposed to have memorized, <laughs> because I think that it gives us the most comprehensive look in Scripture of what life with God is like. So let's take a look. Uh, Matt, can you pull up the very first? Oh, there's no Scripture slide? Oh, what a bummer. That's okay. I guess I'll just have to read, you know, like preachers did for hundreds of years. Goodness gracious. Okay, so let's take a look. Paul urges the Colossians to set their mind on things of Christ. He says, So you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And then here, he gets to the crux. He says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. I've always really been drawn to this phrase. Your life is hidden with Christ. What does that mean? I feel like it's always felt a little vague to me. And so kind of going back to the second sermon, um, I believe it means that we have become the holy people that we've been talking about. When we are hidden with Christ and God, we are these holy people tucked away in God. We're the kind of people who are so wrapped up in God that when God appears, well, look, there you are, right? I like, to, I like this image of um, a scroll. I mean, you guys know what a scroll is, right? It, it just, you unfurl it. <laughs> I get this image of us being this little scrap of paper that somehow gets into the scroll and you wrap it up, right? And then the next time that scroll is opened, oh, well, look, there's that little piece of paper tucked away. Holy people who recognize the holiness in any given moment are those who are so wrapped up in God that any time God is somewhere in their day-to-day -day life, they are also there too. It's a withness. And that's why uh, we so often call it life with God. We're always together. Where one goes, the other just seems to follow. Where I am, God is with me. Where God goes, I'm going to go with God. But for this to happen, this really beautiful withness to happen, we cannot forget the Apostle Paul's first little clause that he starts this sentence with. He says, for you have died. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So what is dying? What has begun to die 
for us to start living this hidden life with God, lives of holy people in God's holy world. According to Paul, it's a lot of things. I'll read them now. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from the lips. Why? Why are these things to be put to death? Well, it's because these things are synonymous with death. These things are poison that kill us slowly, or sometimes very quickly, from the inside out. When Christ appears, these things certainly do not appear with him. And neither, therefore, should they appear with us. When rage appears, you should not also be there. When you appear, rage should not be there with you. These things are the way that the world lives. They're, society, they're, they're qualities that are part of our societal wisdom. You don't get what you want? Well, then get angry and go take it. Did someone hurt you? Well, just go hurt them back. Are you lusting after someone? Go get them. We put these things to death. And we put on the new self, the real self. I love Paul's words here, which I've always felt were a little ambiguous, but once you have to read a passage every day for a month, they become, I think it becomes a little, little less ambiguous. He says that we are being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Now this word renew, I looked it up. Is Jeff Peterson here? I looked it up, Jeff. He's our resident Greek expert. I looked up this word renew, and I think often in English we get this idea that it's to make something new again, right? But in Greek, this isn't exactly fitting because um, the Greek implies that it's moving from one stage to the next, one from one level to a higher level. It means that we are moving um, our knowledge, our knowledge on how to be here, our knowledge on how to exist and live and move and breathe in this world is being transformed from societal wisdom to the ways of God. Our knowledge is being rewritten in the image of God. Just as you and I are made in the image of God, so too does our knowledge have to be made, remade in the image of God. Which is great. This is really good news. Uh, because something we often forget is that Jesus is the expert on living which truly is good news, because if you're like me at all, I am very much not an expert by myself on how to live well. And I, I can be honest with that. Especially uh, this idea of um, being an expert, being an authority, I think has uh, really become prominent in our COVID area, in our COVID era. We say things like, this person is the authority on mRNA vaccines, right? We're saying that this person really knows what they're talking about when it comes to this particular topic. Well, Jesus is the authority on living. Jesus is the authority on life with God because he is God and he's part of the Trinity. He is literally with the Father in the Spirit. He's the expert. He knows the very best way. And so, according to Paul, we need to be people who are clothed in, wrapped up in, one might say, um, 
these qualities of Jesus. We need to be clothed in these qualities of Jesus, which are compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. We are to be people who are very forgiving, people who are loving and peaceful. Because when Jesus appears, so too does kindness. And oh look, there we are. When we appear, humility and gentleness ought to appear with us. These things were made to come out of us. Our bodies were made to exude these things. This is what a holy people looks like. This is what emerges when we are being made holy by God. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language. These things are to be put to death. But these things, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, lovingness, and peacefulness, these things are to be brought forth. Also, the thing I'm about to say next, I just want you to know, it comes from Dallas Willard. If you haven't read Dallas Willard, give the man a shot. Quite simply, we are to become people who are equipped and capable of responding to all manner of situations in life in good and godly ways. And let me add, we are able to respond to those things naturally. Good and godly things should become our natural response when we are holy people. Sure, might we have to discern some particularly tricky situations? Of course. Of course. But kindness, compassion, humility, yada yada, those should be natural, as natural as breathing to us. Or, as Paul put it, if you scroll down, he says, whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So I think another way, the way that Paul says this, is that we are able to do things in the name of Jesus because we are doing things the way that Jesus would do them. This is why it is so horribly offensive when someone does something evil in the name of God because God would never do that thing. Holy people are able to do things in the name of Jesus, in word or in deed, everything, because they're doing the things that Jesus would do. And so I think this also leads to the question, how? How do we get there? Because I think this sounds like a very high bar, and I hope it does. It's the ways of Jesus. I hope that it sounds like a very high bar. But if we take a really good look at the Sermon on the Mount and the way that Jesus interacts with people and encourages people to interact with each other, it may be a high bar, but I certainly think that it is quite reachable when we become people hidden in Christ as God. So how do we, how do we, how do we get there? First, I think we need to ask, I told you a couple weeks ago of my midnight walk in the prayer labyrinth in the middle of the desert, and I was terrified of coyotes and scorpions and snakes. 
But in that prayer labyrinth, I said, God, if you are willing, I'd like to be made holy. I asked. I asked because I, I know, I know that I can't do it by myself. I know that I cannot make myself holy. I know that only God can make me holy, which is good. Because if I could make myself holy, holiness would be very cheap. Don't you agree? We have to ask because we are very duplicitous people. I can be very kind. Ask Ben. But also ask Ben, oh boy, I can, I can rage. <laughs> I can be very forgiving. Sometimes I think I'm a little too forgiving. But oh man, if you're the one person I haven't forgiven... I can dole out malice like candy on Halloween. It's because we are these duplicitous people that have divided hearts and divided minds and divided motives that we can't do it on our own. And so we have to ask for help. We have to ask for God's help because I don't know how to be kind always. I don't always know how to be kind, but God does. I don't know how to be gentle and humble, but God is the authority on gentleness and humility. How else? Partly by using these prayers that we've given you. I hope that a lot of you have picked them up. Are they still in the back and over on the sides? Yes, they are. If you haven't picked up some of these prayers, I really encourage you to pick them up. Um, but, of course, don't be limited. I want you to use these prayers or whatever resource or prayer practice that you have that tucks you into God's world. We need to move toward the things that help us recognize. Oh, my goodness. Evelyn helps me recognize the holiness in God's world. <laughs> we need to move towards these things that help us recognize the holiness that surrounds us. And when we do, we are. We're just ourselves into Christ. We are hiding ourselves in him. And I love this book. I truly do. This Every Moment Holy book. And I'm sure I love any book that you have that's going to bring you more into God's world. I love it. But I do want to make a shameless plug for the Gospels. I love, uh, I love most books in the Bible. Truly, I do. Mostly. But I also uh, just, I also just think that we have to read the Gospels. And I know some people are going to disagree with this, but I think we need to read the Gospels almost daily. Daily. If we want to have knowledge on how to live this renewed life, we need to read the stories, of, the stories of Jesus, who is the authority on life. We need to study the material from the master himself. And so I encourage you, start reading the Gospels every day. And I'll also make a shameless plug for my favorite Gospel, which you guys at this point have probably figured out is John's Gospel. So you should check it out. And finally, we need each other. We need each other's help in this high bar, in this endeavor. Paul says it too. He says we need to admonish one another. We need to urge each other, encourage each other, and occasionally we need to warn each other. After all, this passage, this entire epistle, Colossians, it was written to Colossians. 
It was written to a collection of little tiny house churches throughout a city. You need a close-knit community. You need each other. I know that many of you, and this is why, this is why we can't just do life with God on Sunday. We need a group of people to surround us smaller than the hundred people in this church. A group of people whose homes we're in, whose tables we sit around, whose company we enjoy, whose fire pits we sit around and drink cider with. We need that close-knit community to encourage each other into holiness. And so as we end our series, I encourage you to ask. Just ask God to make you become holy. And it doesn't have to be a dramatic thing uh, at midnight in Arizona in the desert with lots of critters crawling around. You know, it doesn't have to be dramatic like that. Just ask. And if that's kind of difficult for you right now, ask God to help you want to become holy. Say, God, I long to long to be holy. Ask God to help you wake up to God's holiness all around us and in every moment. Because the things of God are sprinkled throughout every second of every minute of our lives. And it's my deepest prayer that as God's people, chosen and dearly loved, that when these holy moments appear, that there also you will appear in the gloriousness of it all. Thank you.